Today we have the pleasure of meeting with Dr. Michael Dinning. Michael is a doctor of physical therapy out at Children's Mercy Hospital. Michael, welcome today to uh, talk with our students. Uh, glad you could come on and, and be a part of this. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, glad to talk about physical therapy and anyone interested in it, teach a little bit about what I do every day. So Michael's uh, out at Children's Mercy out by the Legends, and as you can see, he's in a um, very state-of-the-art, large facility, which is absolutely amazing for your sports medicine um, patients. Uh, Michael and I got introduced in, I think it was 2018, by a former student of mine, uh, Megan. She came to Michael with a knee injury, and uh, you want to talk a little bit about what you were able to do with her? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> some of you maybe even has able to see Megan's story. So I think Children's Mercy did a little story on Megan um, because she unfortunately had a, a subsequent knee injury. Um, so we had the first one, the ACL tear, when she was playing softball. Um, <clears throat> had a little bit of a struggle coming back. And then because she was trying to play uh, basketball as well on the way back through rehab. So that made things a little challenging. Uh, made it back through. And then uh, six months later, tore her other ACL. And so uh, that unfortunately is a bit of a, a common tale. Like when someone tears one ACL, there's um, pretty high odds you tear the other, unfortunately. Um, and so she had a second one. And so I got to know Megan pretty well. So we worked, we worked together for dang near two years straight. Um, <clears throat> and so she battled through a lot. And so that, but in, in all of that, yeah, I was able to start becoming more integrated with Turner High School. And so, uh, you know, I've visited a few times. You visited me a few times, and we've kind of uh, been able to learn from each other and kind of help <clears throat> kids, you know, learn more about health careers and, excuse me, <clears throat> health careers. And um, so it's been fun along this whole way. Good. Thanks. Um, so you studied at K-State and got your bachelor in athletic training there. Um, what led you to want to go to K-State? <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> well, it was a big school that was nearby that wasn't KU. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to be totally honest, um, right. I, there, I would say I, there wasn't anything I was necessarily like looking for like a program. If I'm if I'm being honest, I was uh, not that smart at 18, okay. <laughs> and so um, <clears throat> I didn't do my I didn't do a lot of research. Thankfully, when I got there, though. You know, I kind of, uh, I initially, I think started even as a marketing major and then switched to psychology and I was all over the place, but you know, most kids end up switching a couple different times. So that's usually what I tell my kids now is like, don't worry about it. if you go to college, you don't know what to do. It's okay. Like <clears throat> learn a little bit, see what you like. And right. so, uh, so mine, you know, I kind of navigated my way through a little bit and I took a kinesiology class my freshman year. My sister, who's a nurse, actually a nurse practitioner now for children's mercy as well. Uh, she was like, Michael, I think you should take a kinesiology class. I think you'd like it. I was like, what the hell is kinesiology? I don't know what that is. <clears throat> She's like, you study about how people move. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Uh, and I liked, I loved it. Uh, right. You know, we did all these kind of interesting labs, underwater wearing for, you know, fat composition and all this other fun stuff. And so that kind of sparked my interest. And then I actually, that led me towards uh, athletic training. Um, and then from athletic training is what <clears throat> then eventually led me into physical therapy. Okay. Cool. Um, so after K-State, then you went and got your doctorate at Wichita State? Yes, sir. Okay. Yep. Shockers. Uh, so uh, I, I definitely claim K-State more than Wichita State. <clears throat> but, um, you know, uh, yeah, Wichita State for PT school three years. 
Um, and so it's a lot of school, but uh, it was fun. Uh, you know, I was going through everything. You know, there's it's it's a once a lifetime experience to do all that stuff. And so especially now PT school, it was really uh, it was really tough to get in back then, and it is even harder now. Right. Uh, so I have actually one of our techs. Uh, he's been here for a couple of years. Has been trying to get into PT school, and so he's like. You know, he had he retook a class to try to get his grade up, and he's been doing all these things to kind of bump up his resume, his application, and he finally got in, and he's going to a school in uh, Texas, a uh, small school in uh, Austin, I believe. But um, it was just a good example for me to see, like, man, it was it was tough to get in, you know, long time ago, back in my younger days, um, and uh, it's it's gotten even more rigid now. So um, yeah, strong applications are a good idea. What are some things that you think a high school or young college student should be looking to add to their applications uh, with job experience or uh, volunteering uh, that would make them a strong candidate? So I think, I mean, it's kind of an easy answer uh, and maybe then kind of hard to implement. So I think the easy answer is like, anything that you can get associated with the with physical therapy if you can if you can work as a tech even if it's part-time even if it's a couple hours a week um but you can just be somewhere involved in physical therapy that looks great that's like okay do so you have an idea of how clinics run um and then if you can grow on that even more of like oh yeah i was a tech at an outpatient facility something you know crazy like this and i also was able to work at a hospital it's like oh wow so you have very variable experience it's not just like you did one thing one time right Uh, so i think that would look very strongly and then i think on top of that um if you have you know even just one element of volunteering um and and if that's just in relation to the the profession you're trying to get to or the or the arm of pt you want to get into so like if you like sports yeah you know i like to i like to coach little league baseball sure great Um, and just, I think some of those kind of easier things, it doesn't have to be a chore, uh, like of a volunteer's hours. Like, I gotta go do this. You can, it can be something you enjoy doing, just find something that like, okay, this will also benefit me when I go to apply. Uh, cause I think a lot of kids don't do that stuff. And then you end up standing out quite a bit and it doesn't take much effort. I think on the, on that back end to do those things, uh, to make yourself stand out a little more. Okay. So you got some experience as a athletic trainer at K-State. What, what sports did you uh, work with while you were there? So uh, I did football. Uh, football's in the spring. So fortunately, unfortunately, <clears throat> we always joke, so any athletic training student goes through that. If football is, that's like the big show. And so in K-State's a big football school. And right. so um, uh, if you're with football in the fall, your life is not fun. You travel a lot and like it's not fun travel like there's a lot of rules and you, I mean and you're it's intense. Um, I I actually wanted to do those things. Um, I just the timing of where I was in the program it just unfortunately didn't work out. So I did spring, which I was kind of happy not to travel that much more. So right. Uh, so it was, it was with with the football team uh, in the spring. That was it was a lot of fun and it was intense to see them uh, do more of the recovery. And so that was, so that, I think that's what also kind of pushed me into more of the rehab side of it, because there was a lot of like, okay, surgery was pushed off until January after the season. Now these guys are rehabbing in the spring. <clears throat> and so there's a lot of that going on. Um, and then I was with, um, technically, uh, it was a shared training room for basketball, uh, track and baseball. Um, and it was more so I would just kind of be in the training room and whoever needed something, I was just there to help. 
uh, versus like actually on the field. Right. And then my last one was like the one I was, you know, more so like actually implementing treatments and stuff was I was just at the at Manhattan High School. <clears throat> so they had the trainer there and there's two of us um, that were the training students. And, you know, we were had the fanny packs on and taping ankles. And so uh, that was fun. And, I, and again, I think kind of all these things that um, my history with working sports and then kind of led me into working youth sports like my last rotation in college that I just really enjoyed and I connected with it very strongly. Um, so that way when I kind of transitioned to PT school, um, I liked PT school, but I, I went into it and I will say honestly with kind of a the wrong attitude that I went in my first day of PT school was like, I'm doing sports, I'm doing outpatient, that is it. No inpatient for me, nothing. My mind is already made up. Right. Uh, and that is not a good idea. I strongly encourage anyone going into that stuff, go get your information first and make a decision. Um, I, I, I was very lucky and fortunate that I was able to, um, you know, my plan worked out that I was able to work now in a, just an absolute unicorn of a facility like this. Right. Um, so you talked about kind of the how you got into it a little bit. What inspired you like professionally to want to be sports medicine sure um <clears throat> i mean i think again that's kind of like an obvious easy answer like to be a little cliche is that like i like sports um, right. you know i'm very competitive sometimes a bit annoyingly so and so um uh, it's it makes a job more fun of course is that like you know i'm i get to stay around sports and stuff um but something i think uh just my own personality is i i just i've always been one that like love to be able to lend a hand if i'm able to go help someone do carry a couch if i'm able to be that guy I can be like hey i can help you out um <clears throat> I, I i get fulfillment out of that like it makes me feel good to be able to go help somebody do whatever they need and right. so uh it is gr this is a really great job for that <clears throat> to be able to someone comes in and crutches you know in august and you know they're they're down they're like i like i can't see imagine playing again and they're having a tough time and then week by week, moving more, standing, jogging, running, jumping. And then all of a sudden, like, man, I can't believe that's already been nine months. And, and, like, and, now, I'm back, and now we're done. Like, I don't have to come back to see you. And I'm like, yeah, and you're doing awesome. And so, like, that whole time you see this grow and you see them right. uh, get back to what they want to do. And so being a part of that, like, being a part of sports now in a little bit of a different way, kind of in, um, you know, obviously it can't be competitive forever. But, like, associated with athletics and, and, and helping kids and not even just kids, even adults, um, get back to what they want to do. It's, it's very rewarding. And so it, that, that in itself was an easy drive to, to where I am now. Absolutely. So with that, with what's your daily routine look like? I know it's probably changed and adapted and pivoted since, uh, you know, the last year of your life. Um, I know before you, there'd be 10, 15 clients in there, sporting in their training and, a whole bunch of mix of, of time uh, out on the floor. How many patients are typically you seeing through the day? So typical day for us, <clears throat> pre-COVID, we were around 12, 12 to 14 that would be a heavy day for us. Uh, we are fortunate being a nonprofit and that we are uh, you know able to focus on the patient more than focused on just the numbers. Right. Uh, and I don't mean to knock private practice on that because that's just the nature of the beast that like, if you're not, you can't get yourself paid, you can't stay open. And so right. like you have to, they have to more so balance getting more people in and, you know, having enough time for one-on-one. -on -one. We're fortunate for us with a nonprofit that has 
the capacity to uh, you know allow us to do that thing uh, to do more one-on-one that's great and so <clears throat> pre-covid 12 to 14 patients a day uh, which is very manageable uh, we would do 30 minute slots and then we would kind of overlap so it'd be like someone at seven someone at 7 30 and seven the seven o'clock i manage my schedule seven to eight seven thirty would be seven thirty to eight thirty and do it like that right COVID comes, and so we're trying to limit people here um, in interaction. So we switched to 45s with 15-minute gaps. And so truly everybody had about an hour. And so um, we're still doing that now just because we actually kind of have been able to uh, improve our efficiencies. And so like, okay, we don't need this. We can still get a fair amount of people seen uh, and still keep this more one-on-one. And so... Uh, that's where we are right now is about 45 minute treat. So I'm, I'm about 10 to 12 kids a day now, um, okay. which is again, manageable. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so in between, in between your patients, you're obviously charting and documenting stuff. Oh yeah. Can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the uh, math that's incorporated or some of the documentations that you have to make throughout a, a patient's, uh, time with you? Oh, sure. And so I think your, um, the level of like specificity you want to get into in your documentation, um, I think kind of goes to show, you know, where you are as a clinician. Um, and so my, uh, you know, kind of one of those, um, there's an old, I, I think they even give Einstein credit, but I'm not sure if it's an Einstein quote. So don't, I'm not positive. Someone Google <laughs> me on this is that, uh, like if you don't, um, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. And so, when you go to do your documentation, that that should happen. You, I should be able to take some complex information and simply word it. Um, however, with that, there sometimes gets things like, yeah, right, the numbers and you know, the math that may go into stuff as well. Now, there's not a lot of just straight algebra that I'm doing in here, uh, but there is a lot of physics that I do. Right. Uh, and and again, it's not the same thing that I did in high school when I had to figure out, you know, solve for x of the torque. But like. Uh, but applied physics for sure. So for instance, uh, I don't know if you can see it. Nah, you can't quite see it from our location here. We'll do a tour in a little bit and I'll show everyone the lab. Uh, but just yesterday I took a <clears throat> patient into our uh, biomechanics lab. You know, we were looking at forces through her, uh, through her legs when she was landing and jumping and, um, you know, <clears throat> calculating the forces like, Hey, look, you're only hitting with 300 newtons of force on your left, foot, but you're hitting with 1200 newtons of force on your right. Like that's not good. And so right. how that translates back to me is that like, I can document that, like that's easy. I have, I can show you insurance you, this is proof why she needs to come to therapy because she has you know, 900 Newton difference of, for, of force during the simple movement. Um, and so that is where being able to have these complex things and state, simple, state them simply <clears throat> helps multiple things because the patient sees it and they understand uh, and they can see what they need to work on. Your documentation is very easy because you know what you need to work on. And then lastly, most importantly, insurance will see that and be like, okay, I can see how this number does not match this number. And that is easy for me to justify. You should keep going to therapy. Right. Absolutely. Um, do you want to go ahead and do that tour then? That sounds good. So uh, we had a company called Matterport um, come through and they basically kind of like um, <clears throat> Google mapped our facility. Might take a minute to, uh, to load up here. All right, you got me there, Drew? 
Yep, we got you on there. So this is what patients see when they first come in. So they come in through our little lobby. Oh, if I can turn the page. Coming through the lobby. And then I'm struggling to drive here. And so then we come in to our small gym we got here. So we got our half basketball court you step into. And this give you a little panoramic. This is the gym. How big is this facility? Just that main that main room area right there. I, I think it's just under 15,000 square feet. So pretty big. Yeah. So we'll work our way in a giant lap around this whole facility. Um, I'll, I'll walk you to where I'm sitting right now. Right now I'm uh, in this back corner over there. So, so when I come into work, I walk in, I go in that room. That is our nice boring office that no one cares about. Computers, blah, 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 typing. And then our turf, we've got, we have a 40 yards worth of turf. Um, to be fair, it is end to end 40 yards. And so if, if you were to be sprinting, oh, and sorry, they dropped our batting cage as you walked. Forgot about that little ditty. Yeah. <clears throat> Drop down batting cage is always nice to have. Um, so as you come all the way to the end, so I'm walking to where I'm currently sitting now. So this interview is taking place right here next to this garage door. Looks like this is maybe taking on a snowy day. Yep. Um, and so just our various equipment we have over here, we don't really have time to go through all of it, but a lot of fun toys. Um, but having this turf is really, really invaluable. Um, and then our, all of our plyo boxes, additional turf space, kind of a larger area we can do a lot more cutting on as well. Um, and this is sporting sides over on this side of the gym. We kind of fly all the way over here. Um, so sporting trains here, um, they are alongside our kids. So they come in and they have their different training times and they come in and they'll hop on their bikes right here. These are the sporting bikes, but our kids are allowed to use them too. Um, so a lot of people, like Graham Zeus, he's a popular name from sporting is what Johnny Russell, those guys, they're in here and they'll be on this bike and you might be sitting on the one next to them. Now with COVID, we've tried to be a little more spaced out, but right. it has happened many times. Like you have to, you might have to share the leg press machine with, a sporting player because he's trying to work in too and so which is awesome that's just like a fun experience for the kids to have as well and Absolutely. i will just give lots of credit to uh coach vermice and his team that these guys are great they are really really respectful and uh and do a really great job of helping us share the space and keep it looking nice and um and just uh they sacrifice their own time like oh if you need this for your kid you have they go do it. i'll come back that's fine um and so they're they're all all of the players it's been really really great to have them here so if we continue our circle treadmills bikes our pool is awesome can i hop in there yep so these two pools are sweet so we have the hydro works 3500 and the hydro works 2000 so that's in gallons the, the 2000 is the uh, super cool one this is a zero depth entry pool so this whole floor raises up to the ceiling ceiling raises up to the floor for a zero depth entry and uh, then it drops all the way down to six foot it has four hd underwater cameras so you can have two view uh, two front view and two side views uh that will be displayed up on the big screens right here um and then there are two jets that you turn this into a turbine and uh swim you can have just continuous swimming 
okay. in that pool. And then that pool over here has a treadmill down around that corner, a couple cameras and a, a couple jets as well. Uh, <clears throat> still very, very useful. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, this pool, just because it can do so much, is really valuable, especially if you have an athlete who's, I, you know, some gymnasts are pretty short. You have a four foot 10, 15 year old. She really can't do much in a four foot water over here. And right. so this pool becomes much more valuable. And so it just things like that. It just helps quite a bit. So with uh, that zero depth, uh, knee patients can just walk straight off the pool deck onto the. Yep. <clears throat> I, I had a girl who was on a walker. <clears throat> uh, and so, sorry, excuse me. Had a girl who was in a walker. And so she, you know, for one, she was scared to even move. Uh, and so she just took a walker out there, stood still. I was like, okay, it'll be all right. And just lowered her down. No problem. Good. So see if I can buzz this through here pretty quick. All right. <clears throat> a lot of more equipment. We have some Pilates equipment here. Uh, the, the room is currently shifted a little bit, but, uh, we don't have time to get into all this, but I strongly encourage anyone interested in any element of health, fitness, or sports, you need to educate yourself in the world of Pilates. It is a horribly underutilized, under, underutilized modality in far, as far as rehab and training goes. Uh, and if you want to be a better athlete, you should do this stuff. That's my plug for Pilates. <laughs> Uh, our Biodex strength training or strength testing machine. Uh, it's an isokinetic machine. Um, it actually does a lot more than that, but we primarily use it to uh, strength test our ACLs for quad and hamstring strength. You sit in the chair, leg gets attached, and you kick and pull, and it measures how hard you can kick and pull. Right. And then more Pilates stuff. And though here are the above ground force plates I was referring to. Yeah. And then here is our human performance lab. So in this lab, go through the net here. Woo. In this giant lab, all these cameras up on the wall, these are motion capture cameras. There are 19 of them, but I think we have an additional two if we need them. Um, and so you get the reflective markers put all over your body like they do for video games and action movies. Right. Uh, and then our lab coordinator, her name is Jen. She is. Now I will, I would usually tell people it doesn't need to get that complicated because the more complicated you make it, the more math and everything else you have to do to analyze that data. Oh, we're stuck behind the net. How do I get back? It won't let me go. There we go. So, and then we have completed our loop. There's a little, there's a little more to this building, but Again, for the purposes of our little podcast, video podcast, I think this is a good point. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's really cool. So then out in the middle, you have all your free weights, ellipticals, treadmills kind of out behind you over your shoulder there. Right. Um, some medicine balls, all that kind of stuff. What's something that uh, is a just a general product that you like something, a product that you love to have and train uh, people with? So this facility i'm trying to think back to the number this complex i think was 80 million okay. for the building the fields our stuff 
everything, $80 million. And that's not even a real number, 80 million. That's a stupid <laughs> amount of money, $80 million. The thing I use the absolute most is this $19 exercise ball. This, <clears throat> this is the most versatile piece of equipment in this gym. Okay. By far. Um, it's not even close. Um, the foam roller is probably getting close to being a comparative. And again, about 20 bucks. Yep. <clears throat> so you give me that, some bands, foam roller, this and some bands. Yeah, I'm good. I, I can do everything I need to in a little space. Um, all the stuff that we have here is excellent. It's so great to have this as a resource. Um, but it's one of those things that like, as a teacher, you could probably appreciate this too. It's nice to have the bells and whistles, but if you can't teach it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And so if, if you're not, if you don't know what you're doing as a therapist, you can have all the toys you want. You don't know what to do with them. And so to be honest, when I first started here, I was overwhelmed. I was like, holy S, this is a lot of stuff. I don't know how to use some of this stuff. A right. power plate, a power plate, this thing that vibrates on the ground. Like, what the hell do I use that for? And I kind of have an idea of what to use it now for. But it, again, you kind of like, okay, let me start small. What do I, what do I need to use? And honestly, I always come back to the exercise ball, Swiss ball, physio ball, yoga ball whatever people want to call it. Right. Um, just because the, the, the level of control and strength uh, that it requires to use properly, uh, it challenges everyone of, of, of any type of, you know, physicality that you're, that you are in the spectrum. I can kick your butt with that ball. Right. Um, you kind of joked about not being very smart back in high school <laughs> earlier. Um, what's something you wish you would have known then or maybe early in college that would help you with your your current position oh, oh so so many things <laughs> um so uh i would say i would say take your math seriously uh there's a lot of math that i i will like i'll admit that like i don't need it i don't do um uh, imaginary numbers you know, what is that, the negative square root or something? I don't know. That was a waste <laughs> to, to relate to some high schoolers right now. Like, I, I'm sure it matters in some element of some career, but there are some things where I'm like, I, I just, that just didn't help me. But there's a lot of math, most of the math, that um, I have to go back on now and try to, like, brush back up on. Like, when I'm doing my forces for my kids and that stuff, I'll have to have Jen walk me through. I'm like, hey, all right, so remember force equals mass times acceleration, but what was, and so like, she's like, here, let me explain it to you. Um, and so uh, things like that for my, where I am now, if I, if, if I could be a little more brushed up on that, I would, I would be in a better spot because going back to the whole quote of like, if I can understand it, you know, from a deeper level, I can explain it better and then I can improve my patients on whatever they need. So I think that's one thing. Um, I think another one, um, this is more of a subsect of biology, but um, anatomy. And so um, if I were to pick something over anything but math, I would say anatomy. I know officially anatomy one and then math is two. Um, you, knowing your anatomy is absolutely paramount to be uh, even even a bad PT. Um, like that's where you have to start from is have a good anatomy knowledge and you're, and you're starting at the bottom. Right. <clears throat> then from there, everything else is all clinical. But you, if you don't have a good handle on anatomy, you probably should go take it again before you start here. Um, 
my wife just took, uh, she's actually a Pilates instructor. So to go back to my Pilates plug, um, it's a little bit of a biased opinion. However, I, I learned so, so much from her. Okay. Um, so, so much. And so, and she just had a little anatomy review and stuff and she wants to go back through it. And I'm excited to go back through it because I'm like, boy, anatomy of the hip. That is a lot. I would like to go yeah. back through it. <clears throat> you know, I've been doing this for almost 10 years now. And, um, and I still don't think I have my anatomy down to where, where I want it. Um, which you, which you, that's good, right? That, that yeah, yeah that's, that's my competitiveness that like, no, I'm going to be better. I can get better. Um, and so I want to keep working at that. And so, um, I think, yeah, the, for my profession, I think, I think math is often overlooked. Uh, and then two, uh, the anatomy is huge. Right. Just, I mean, the human body is so complex. There's so much to even just divulge into. Even oh, totally. Yeah. Just the hip, like you said. Right. A tenth of your body, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so for for high school, young college kids, what's a book that you might recommend uh, if they're interested in PT, something that they might want to check out? So I know there's um, there's one book that got really popular within the world of CrossFit for a while called uh, Supple Leopard, which I think you're familiar with that book as well. Yep. Um, there, I will say, I will say this. I, if you read that book, it has a lot of good takeaways and a lot of good concepts. However, I would then also encourage you to go look at modern research because um, there's a lot of stuff in there that's, that was actually disproven. However, the supple leopard does have um, some interesting ideas uh, and just kind of taking some, you know, very very old thoughts of exercise as and combining it with some really kind of cutting edge. Uh, theories with uh, stuff today. Um, the other book that is going to sound horribly boring um, is that, but it, it has a lot of really good information in it, is the uh, NSCA, so National Strength Conditioning Association, their CSCS textbook, uh, so the Certified Strength Conditioning Specialist textbook um, that you use to study for your point to the CSCS exam. Right. A couple years ago, I studied and took that exam. Um, and to be honest, the exam is really not that tough. Like, uh, if anyone gets worried about any kind of certification and like, oh, I don't take a test, it's really not that hard. Um, it was like, no offense to anyone that has it. It's great information, but it, the exam itself is not horrible. It's nothing um, compared to uh, your doctoral programs. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I, <clears throat> I uh, about vomited going into and leaving that test. Yeah. Um, but uh, that textbook for the, the CSES has a lot of really good digestible nuggets of information because they have a chapter on nutrition. And so you could read just that chapter and take a fair amount away from it and it could help you in whatever area of health you're looking into. And they have, you know, strength testing, then they have programming and, you know, just it's everything broken down. Um, and it's just it's very well organized. Um, and again, it's. Uh, even is digest digestible right um so with that as a physical therapist what type of professional development do you uh do yearly or how does that work so it's state dependent okay. so uh state of kansas requires 40 hours of continuing education every two years okay. so those continuing education credits are governed by uh the kansas PTA Association, or sorry, Kansas Physical Therapy Association, and then the, the APTA. So like, you know, if, if, you, if you take a course that is credentialed by those governing bodies, it counts towards your 40 hours of credit. 
Right. There's a variety of ways you can get them. Um, there's a lot of free stuff you can just hop on and like, oh, you watched a webinar, you get one CEO. Um, <clears throat> a lot of times they're paid. And so uh, Children's Mercy is great and they offer, um, they cover a little bit of our yearly costs. Okay. It usually gets you about halfway through, um, which is, that's great. Um, you, and with COVID, there's actually a lot of cheaper online stuff. So we, I was able to, uh, to nagle a little more hours right. here and there. Um, <clears throat> and then, so yeah, so basically it's just the four, those 40 hours every two years. Um, I, I can't, I think, I think Missouri is the same actually, uh, but, but per state can vary a little bit within that. Okay. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you guys are doing, uh, this spring and last fall with your, um, panels for high school athletes, the, uh, conference you guys put hosted. Yeah. Our young athlete conference. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, unfortunately COVID didn't have it last year. <clears throat> That's a bit of a, uh, record on repeat. Um, so, but yeah, typically what we like to do for our, um, conferences is that we will do, uh, like a season for sports. So I think, I think this year we are doing fall again. So it's fall back into sports. Um, so nice little play on words as COVID is winding down right now. Um, and so they'll be focused on, um, you know, volleyball, football. What is some of the other, um, I think soccer will get touched on. Soccer is kind of anymore. It doesn't really count because soccer is year round. Right. Um, so, uh, but so, so we typically do by the season. Um, and so then as a, over the couple of years, we try to hit every element of our sports population that we can. And we try to even throw in some fun ones, uh, just for something interesting, um, so like we had rock climbing one year nice. we had a guy come from Colorado and talked about um, these like bike mud run weird obstacle course thing that like I guess is growing in size and he's seeing more injuries from it. And so it's just these interesting elements of sports. Um, but I think what's really great for those uh, those conferences that we have, we have these fun lectures, um, fun lectures that sounds like uh, oxymoron, but they're fun. Um, and then we do breakout sessions. So we, we lecture a little bit and then everybody breaks out. And so we have, um, you know, different presenters who do different things. So I, I presented on uh, wrestling biomechanics a couple years ago uh, and actually was able to use the lab. It was really, really fun to put my wrestlers in a bunch of, you know, dots and have them move around um, and see the kind of crazy positions they get into and then have that get analyzed of their movement. And then I did led the breakout session and everyone came by. It's like, hey, when you're rehabbing a wrestler, you know, we saw on the, um, on the biomechanics of his movement. He gets 160 degrees of knee flexion. That's important because if you watch him shoot and you, and you kind of just now I'm taking this lecture and now applying to like a lab like you do in class right. and um, and have everybody move and do these things. And so it's, it's great because it's a little more interactive. So we try to broadcast that conference, not to just PTs or not to just doctors, but to coaches and trainers and, and anyone else that's really involved in sport in any fashion, because I think you're gonna be able to take a lot from it. All right, I got two more questions for you. They're kind of fun little ones. Um, so everybody thinks of a PE teacher as somebody that just gets to play games all day with their sure, students. Sure. Um, what is a benefit that you get from being a physical therapist? I get to play games all day. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I um, I, and I will. It, I'm I'm a little bit of uh, the butt of a joke sometimes because for one, I get bored just all day just typing. And so I got to move. And so I'm competitive. I like sports. And so I have my little challenge games that I do with my kids. Um, and some of the other therapists will laugh at me because they're like, oh, Denning's going to go 
play horse or whatever. Right. Uh, <clears throat> which my jump shot's gotten pretty good. Um, <laughs> and so, um, sorry, one second. Your next goal is here is you want me to start on something? Uh, I'll just, just wait for just a few minutes. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Uh, my next one's here. <clears throat> so, um, so yeah. So anyways, yeah, I, <laughs> it keeps me, um, kind of involved more, but honestly it, it ends up having like uh, a nice kind of fun element to it because, uh, all of a sudden it's like the competitive part of these athletes come out and they're like, I can right. beat this old, I can beat this old guy. And then they don't, they, I beat them. <laughs> uh, but we'll play our balance games, a little soccer game and just kind of do these things. And, uh, I, what it's great for me is, and I can, I end up using it as like motivation, like, all right, Hey, if we can get this stuff done, um, we'll go play horse and then loser has planks, um, or whatever. And so when they do beat me, I'll do my planks. So I'll, I'll, I'll take the punishment. Right. And it's, and it's fun. And then like, though I had one kid, he's a baseball catcher and that's this kid, kid throw smoke and uh, he scared me. <laughs> <laughs> so we would play this football game of playing catch and, and he kept the tally. He had like on his phone. He's like, no, it's three to four. I'm up one. It's like. All right, whatever, man. He's ready. Yeah. Um, and then the last question I have is, if you don't like blank, then being a physical therapist is not for you. Ooh, that is a good question. So like a uh, previous person said, uh, an athletic trainer was, if you don't like feet. Then <laughs> yeah, I, that, that was actually one of the first things that came up to my mind right now. Right. Uh, so as far as a, I would say if you don't like talking to people, like if you're if you're an introvert, uh, this job would be very challenging. Not that introverts can't do this job, but in this type of setting of like if you love sports and you like being around people, um, uh, it could be a little more of a challenge. Um, uh, I am I am very extroverted. I I, I talk all the time. Um, and so, and I, and I process things externally and, and I, that, that's just my personality. And so I think, uh, a lot of times that's good because athletes tend to be that way too, but I have some, like right now, I have a, a few kiddos who are not, they are the opposite right. and I struggle to connect with them. So if I think if I was you know, much more introverted and just kind of, uh, like to stick to myself, <clears throat> not that that's bad at all, it would just make this job much more challenging to, uh, interact with people because a lot of times those interactions build the trust and rapport and then all of a sudden you have additional information come your way because uh, I had a, uh, someone recently talking told me about they have like some issues going on with uh, you know adopted parents and stuff I'm like oh boy I need to know that information because that can be good for me to be sensitive to this as well as maybe you can't get a ride to PT because you have other things going on so I'll, I'll, I'll be aware of that so like all these other extra elements that when you have this connection with those that a lot of time, my extrovertedness, I, I feel allows me to have that, um, ends up being, in my opinion, more of a benefit. Awesome. Well, Hey, thanks again. I'll let you go get back to your clients. <laughs> you got to do your job. I want to thank you again for just spending so much time and talking about what you do on a daily basis. We really appreciate it. Uh, not a problem. Uh, happy to chat with anyone. If anyone has any questions, um, Sir Drew can leave my email for whoever needs it. Um, and so, yeah, feel free to reach out. I can talk with anybody about anything. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll see you later.